0: down and they said, hey, you know, sometimes a penultimate episode feels like the ultimate episode.
2: (laughs) I'm Alex. And the god of the clunkers looked down and said, yep, you're you're sinking, car. You've had a good (laughs) life, but you're old and no
3: one can drive you any longer. Bye-bye. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And yeah, that shit was sad. Everybody else is looking at the ghosts and the spirits, and I was like, look at all the dead cars. This is the worst. To be fair,
0: you do the same thing with real-life dead children as well, right, Pete? Yep. Always looking at the cars around them.
2: Don't take Pete to the junkyard. He sobs like a maniac. Oh, man. That's rough. rough.
0: We're going to be talking about the second-to-last episode of Season 3 of American Gods, The Lake Effect, and potentially... Second to last episode ever, though I, I kind of doubt it. I have I have my doubts about really? this not continuing past this point. I, really? No, I mean I think like I think we're going to get a season four. This is getting into raw speculation. Nobody is watching this show live at this point. Yes. <laughs> we are a large majority of the viewing audience at this point <laughs> for this yeah, series. Not, that's
2: satisfying. Just from a, a, as a as a reporter as a journalist, like mm-hmm. it's great to really Stop. be um, speaking are not to the people.
3: Of those things, <laughs> <laughs> but. If that is happening, we're definitely
0: heading to a big ending point here with this episode. Not only are we wrapping up a lot of stuff that happened this season, but we're getting to fans of the book, to fans of the show, big moments at the end of the episode here as well, uh, which is very exciting. As usual, spoiler warning, we already spoiled what happens to Clunker. I'm sorry it did, in fact, fall through the ice. But if you haven't seen the lake effect, go Watch it. We're going to talk about some of our favorite moments of this episode. Uh, but the big overall things they need to know is that Shadow is dealing with the stuff in Lakeside, wrapping up the storyline there. He discovers, as I think we suspected, Justin and me, a little yeah. harder suspecting because we read the book and we knew the answer to this. But yes. he, Pete figured it out, too, uh, that Hinselman, Julia Sweetie from SNL, I'll not SNL that great. lady Yeah, we were evil. a little long, wrong about baking people into pies, I think.
2: Yes um a but off there. we don't know we haven't got the recipe yet it's like it's another sure. it could be a side gig
0: that's what the last episode is about. Uh, yeah. But Hinselman is a god herself. She owed a debt to Mr. Wednesday that he was cashing in. And it all goes down in this episode. We find out that for years, she's been keeping the town steady and happy by sacrificing people in these clunkers. She gets torn apart and on fire. So we're probably not going to see her anymore. And Shadow yeah. wraps things up with his landlord. She's moving out of town. So, uh, that's it for Lakeside, I guess. And that's, yeah. but on the other end of the spectrum, Wednesday,
3: depressed Wednesday, if you will, is oh, traveling yeah. around. Hump
0: Loops
3: day. Can't even up eat his Chirno pancakes. Again. What? Can't even eat his pancakes, he's so right. sad. Those were good-looking pancakes. Oh, yeah. man, This is they...
2: some real syrup pornography in this episode. Yeah, you know? yeah.
0: <laughs> Uh, so Mr. Wednesday is traveling around, decides he wants to broker a deal with the new gods, meets up with, thankfully, Crispin Glover, Mr. God, Mr. World, uh, and they don't broker a deal. In fact, the new gods in the background, of course, have been working with Laura Moon. She is now in the possession of Odin Spear, working with her sexy new leprechaun, who she decides Duh. not to have sex with, mind you.
3: Yeah, Talk about they a leprechaun. Le- le- you have one flashback at Dane Cook, and you're like, you know what? This isn't a good idea. Oh, wow. I mean, same thing. Whenever I think about
0: one of his comedy specials, I'm like, turn back. Oh, oh,
2: oh, man. See, for me, I'm like, man, that Dane Cook's
0: a real big leprechaun. (laughs) Uh, But Laura comes by, and just as Mr. Wednesday is walking out, she throws the spear. Chernobog is not able to stop it. Liam the Lapracon jumps away to his pot of gold, and Mister Wednesday ends the episode impaled on his own spear, presumably dead. And that's how he end things. Uh, last, w- there was one other plot line that oh, Technical Boy, Technical Boy is yes. finally figuring out who he is. Um, wait, what? Uh, what happened with Technical Boy this episode? I'm looking no, over my notes. He got he, off I the mean, table.
2: Yeah, he yeah, big moves. He got off the table and stood on the floor. Um, yep. And he put his hand through the little uh, puppets. He's yeah, trying to find uh, artifact one. Artifact right. one. This was it. Was he, he was sort of taking back his power here, right? Um, right, right, right and right. so he he's like ready to move.
0: Okay, but yeah, the two big things that we got are we got the Mister Wednesday track, which intersects with the Laura track, and then Shadow Moon. And at the very end of the episode, as Mister Wednesday, quote unquote, dies, uh, Shadow feels him dying, and then the crows. The ravens, sorry. Ravens. And the ravens gather outside of Shadow's house, presumably
3: past from Wednesday to Shadow Moon. So there we yeah. go. Well, it seemed like uh, the crows were slowly turning into light. Uh, I
2: think a light was coming. Um, also, it could be like the morning. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Um, but I think though it was like the power of Wednesday <laughs> coming to Shadow.
3: Uh, I thought it was like the thunderclap. That shadow heard that was like, oh, that's my father dying. And then two crows outside were like, we're going to make it real bright so this really sinks in, dude. What, what, this this is my dead. fault.
0: I just want to emphasize because I got it wrong first. Ravens. They're ravens.
2: They are ravens. And what birds do you know that, like, shoot light out of them?
3: Uh, ravens do that. Huh. <laughs> okay. There it is. Pete yeah. is our it's resident like ornithologist. A,
0: how is a raven like a writing desk? They both yeah. shoot out light yeah, Exactly <laughs> that,
2: Wait, that's an old joke you said? Mm, maybe <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow. That sounds like a
2: joke that your English teacher in high school is like This really cracks me up Is in the back of this Edgar Allan Poe book How is a raven like a, a writing desk? And the class is like Fuck you, Mr. Johnson <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, uh, now, before we get too into it I am curious what you think overall About the wrapping up of, of the Lake side storyline, of course What you thought about everything that went down With Mr. Wednesday, there was certainly a lot uh, That we've talked about About whether they would actually be able To go through with Killing Wednesday or not And that certainly seems like what they did here So, Pete, what's your take
3: on both of those storylines? Well, first off, I think that Like um, it, it was it, I was very happy with how all went down with SNL lady. It was very much like the fun moment for the viewers to be like, we knew it. Yeah, it was totally her the whole time. Um, But it was uh, also very satisfying how like quickly, um, you know, Moonshadow stopped being, well, he stopped being Mike and started being Moonshadow again, which was very nice. But then, like, he figured out, like, what to stab her with, and that went really well. And then he just got to, you know, after you murder a god, sitting outside their house and just watching it burn to the ground is that kind of like Ocean's Eleven moment where you're watching the uh, the fountains. You know what I mean? It's like a nice to take moment enjoy your work a little bit, you know, guys? Mm, yeah.
2: I also think they were terrified because they did not see coming what happened to them. Um, And Shadow had just um, found hundreds of uh, bodies under the ice and cars. It's obviously uh, depressing. But they got to see the
3: ghost people, so it's fine.
2: He woke up in a strange bathtub, which is something that, you know, usually that's a problem.
0: Yeah, Yeah. usually you're missing at least a couple of kidneys at that point.
2: Yeah. I don't know. Every time (laughs) it's happened to me, I have a bunch of extra kidneys put in. (laughs) Oh, wow. You are chock full of kidneys, my friend. I'm mostly kidneys. God, my urine is crystal (laughs) clear. It's beautiful. (laughs) Mostly You get other people's urine, right? Yeah. Honestly, I'm like, different day, different urine.
0: (laughs) Wow. That's what I always say. What was your take on this, Justin, on this episode?
2: I like this episode a lot. I mean, this show, um, because there are so many plot threads flying around, it feels like now they're sort of letting some go, they're tying others up, and it really feels like um we're getting it's getting to it, which is something that this show has sort of had a hard time with, I think. It was always sort of uh forward casting in all the seasons leading up to this one, and now this feels like it's like no, we're making some definitive choices.
3: And also, I don't want to get too deep in the end, uh into the episode without talking about the first thing we get to see. We get to see this car, this sweet Lincoln, rolling down the road without a driver, no human. So it's just you got to really just enjoy the whole car. You don't know, like, oh, what's Mm. going on inside? It was just no human getting in the way. You prefer a car driving alone. It's nice to see it. You know what I mean? Just to focus on the car a little bit, you know, really give mm. the car the full shot.
2: Like how some people like watching uh, wild horses running in the distance. You're like, I love seeing a car without a human dirtying the steering wheel.
3: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Messing things up. And, you know, it was frustrating because then it cut to her and she was clearly not respecting the car or other people. She was on her phone texting. And, you know, that's a little frustrating to watch. And then to cut to that, to almost pancakes, I mean, you know, that was a frustrating kind of like a highs and lows of like, look at this amazing car. Oh, somebody who doesn't respect it. Somebody who's too sad to eat pancakes. And it's like, oh, that's a one-two combination.
2: Now, let me ask you, Pete, when you're um, walking around uh, Philadelphia, do you occasionally like uh, break into a car, take the parking brake off, break off and then slap it on the tailpipe and be like, go be free.
3: <laughs> go free. Go you free, You heard this. Run.
2: <laughs> yeah. Be yourself.
3: It's always weird when uh, the owner of the uh, person whose car I'm talking to comes back. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm still talking with them. That's
2: it. Yeah. Let me just repeat what you said: the owner of the person's car I'm talking to,
3: talking yeah. to. Yeah. You're talking to a car. <laughs> sure.
0: Does the car ever talk back to you, Pete? <laughs> Not yet, but I'm gonna oh, find I'm... one that does someday. Someday, someday. absolutely. Uh, How do you feel about the clunkers, Pete? I know you kind of talked about this already, but the clunker finally went through the ice. I thought the scene was real good, and I like the reveal here. We were, it seems so obvious in retrospect what they were going for with the elephant trunk thing, uh, Mm. that the money's in the trunk, but, you know, it's a dead body of a child is in the
3: trunk, but uh, same sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, that's somebody's money. Um, Yeah, it was finally, uh, you know, it was just a little bit, because like, this was a, Mike was being real slow, but finally he kind of caught on with the glowing coin. And then also, like, yeah, stop and read those books you were given early on that had all the keys to you figuring this out. So it was nice that, like, he started to, you know, uh, be less Mike and more Moon Shadow.
2: So let me ask you, um, Shadow Moon, let me ask you, was the Ganesh, the elephant... Working mm-hmm. against why is the elephant there? Is it like an undercover god that Hinselman doesn't know about? Because it seems like the the Ganesh was trying to get trying to reveal Hinselman, right? Um, and it worked. Obviously, it is
0: a weird thing because it feels like a different pantheon mm-hmm. than what we're dealing with with Hinselman. Yeah, and with Wednesday, Wednesday is Norse. I think Hinselman is also. Norse was the implication there?
2: I I think so, because it sort of feels like same world. And I haven't reread the books in like the book in like 15 years. um, So I don't remember everything that happens. And I haven't reread it because we're watching the show. Um, But I do feel like it is sort of about Norse stuff, um, this whole Yeah, the
0: only thing that confuses it, though, is we have that cut back to the Thunderbird and the Native American gods Yeah, that... I couldn't quite connect the two together, whether they're getting vengeance on a Norse god, whether there was something paying there. It felt like there was a little bit of a detail missing. Maybe I just didn't pick up on it necessarily. Uh, But there was something there that it felt like either still needs to be told, wrapped up in the last episode, um, or they were just hoping that you draw your own conclusions
2: yeah and maybe I mean we don't know what the full sort of plan here is. It feels like this uh despite everything that happens, I still think Wednesday is the he's still playing this is part of his game, so we mm. don't actually know maybe that Ganesh was part of like revealing Hinzelman was part of this sort of putting shadow in just the right place where he needs to be yeah what also think lakeside P- lakeside, oh. lakeside could be just a a town where gods just hang out
3: that's well, a great concept it, for a show. Yeah. I think it's like uh yeah, I think it's kind of like other gods rebelling against uh the killing of these children and stuff and trying to help mm. uh you know, Shadow Moon uh get to the bottom of this. That's interesting. Maybe that. That would be remarkably good hearted for the gods
0: that we've seen on the show they are like, Whoa, killing children's a little too far, given that they'd basically
3: do anything at this point, but I hear what you're saying. Um I thought And this... it also could be like a god trying to uh get you know, Shadow Moon to, like, listen uh, to them for, like, hey, if you do this right, you know, maybe you could help me out with this other thing type of, you know. Uh,
2: yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess we, it's, the thing about this show is we never quite know what the motivation for any of the gods is. It feels right. like they're always under the gun and, like, barely getting by, and they're fighting each other for something that they don't even seem to understand. It's just their fight because it seems like they have to. Um, I guess the implication is there's a diminishing amount of worshipers. There's too many gods, not enough worship, and they want to take control. The new gods want to be what the old gods were, but the old gods are like, what we got ain't that great. Uh, We're losing power. So it feels like, and maybe that the idea is Wednesday's plan is ultimately sort of a restructuring of all of that so that there can be, the worship can come to him and who he chooses, and he can sort of be the king god.
0: Well, it's going to be rough for him to do that since he's completely 100% dead, though, right?
2: That is Yeah, but 100%. it's also
3: like King Gods is very much like King Bread, you know? You need a bunch of dead babies in the cake, you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, okay, hold okay.
2: on, let me just write that down. I have to <laughs> should I remember that. For that
0: case you're building against Pete, right? Yeah, I mean it's not, I wouldn't take case,
2: uh scrapbook, uh, murder board. Okay. Uh something uh it's called I mean they're calling it state's evidence, but I'm not. Gonna do that. <laughs>
0: uh, uh what do you think about this? I mean, I I think regardless of what you think and I think it's perfectly natural to think, okay, Wednesday is pulling another con, something else is going on here. But they do a really good job of selling it, I thought, at the end of yeah. this episode.
2: I The end was great. That, that whole, just the way it was shot, where like, you see Laura roll up and she gets her action movie moment. But then when the, uh, everything goes black. That was it,
3: funny. Uh, you know, hey, fucker. You know, that was yeah. fun.
2: Very fun. But when it yeah. flips, every sky goes black, we get this shaft of light and it feels like, Oh, he's going to die for real because uh, all the eyes of the gods feel like they turn to this moment. It gets highlighted in that way. And it was just really beautifully made the way the spear sort of lights up um, the Chernobog and Liam and uh, Laura like tossing the coin, dodging, getting knocked back into his pot of gold, um, into his hoard. And... And then him, the hit, and then him, the spear dragging on the ground, having gone through him. And then him, like, really great. I thought that was so well done. Yeah, I the thing?
3: Oh, go ahead, Pete. I was just going to say, I was getting back to the point of, like, selling things. And, like, they did a lot of selling in this episode. Like, how bookstores are great places to meet people. You Mm -hmm. know, like, if you're depressed, try bowling. It's fun. Mm
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So
3: I, I I just think that like you know it's nice to have these little kind of selling moments in the in the episode. Yeah.
0: bull harder. Sure. Yeah. That's, that's pretty much what I was <laughs> that's, saying. That's what did you think of the moment right before that where Mister Wednesday doesn't step on the bear? Is that because of Chirito Bug that he's being respectful of him or something?
2: Yeah. I I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> that felt. It felt. Like, intentional, but I, I don't know what the intention is.
3: Yeah, was. I thought when he was going to be getting dragged back across that same thing, that maybe, like, he was planting, like, a, a something album mm-hmm. him out there. But I don't know. Yeah. Uh, one thing, as I'm wa- working
0: backwards at these scenes, loved that we got a scene with Ian McShane, Crispin Glover, and Peter Stormare all yeah. in the same place. Yeah. Super fun chaotic energy across the board i thought
2: yeah god i was just wonder like what what do you think ian mcshane felt like when he was making this episode is there oh, any that's a like, great
0: question justin thanks I for i wish we keep... knew cuz i
2: love getting inside actors heads in this moment especially someone like ian mcshane what a storied performer mm-hmm. I wish that's there that's so I don't,
3: weird that you bring that up it's weird because it's like that actor seems so crazy like if you talk to him like could you make sense of it at all you know what I mean mm-hmm. like would it be worth bringing up you know what I mean would it be worth mm-hmm.
2: bringing up I guess that's the real
3: question that is
2: yeah.
0: so it's funny you guys actually bring this up because I did interview Ian McShane about this episode for my day job no. I know I can't believe total coincidence
2: well, I but guess I, said I only got two wishes left on this monkey's paw because I was just saying that to you.
3: Wow. Are you sweating from working that nut flex so hard? Uh, yeah, I think
0: so. Wow. Uh, he was great, first of all. I mean, Ian McShane, exactly as Ian McShaney as you would expect, only went on two wild rats over the course of our chat. That's awesome. Um, but, uh, yeah, he was really good. And, uh, you know, something that I think, we've done a ridiculous amount of interviews and something that I think you always hope for is somebody to be very frank about stuff rather than just repeating the party line. And he is a storied enough actor that he just started, he was very frank about everything. I mean, I just pulled up the interview. I'll just read like a couple of little things that I thought were interesting. Um, I asked him about the death scene and what that was like and his reaction. I was like, what it was going through your head. And he said, when can I get out of this fucking cold, freezing Canadian evening? That was his exact quote. Exactly what you'd expect. Um, Olivier said the same thing, I believe when he was treading the uh, boards. He also was very frank about the show in general, uh, which I thought was interesting that he said that he felt like, Season one, he felt like was overpraised, and he mm. felt like season two was underpraised, and season three has been an interesting journey so far, uh, He, huh. al- which I thought was kind of an interesting look at it. He also uh, said that he, uh, when I talked to him about just the general arc of the season, because we've talked about this quite a bit, I think Wednesday has been very different this season. He's been going into this depression dragging yourself around like he does this episode. And specifically the thing that he said was he was just glad that it was a different mode than traveling around in a car with Ricky Whittle being like, there's a war coming. And that's pretty much it. So not exactly throwing the show under the bus, but definitely he was like, at least we were doing something different this season. And that the biggest it breaks thing breaks my I thought,
3: fucking heart that he yeah. didn't
0: like the car scenes. Just hey, I'm sorry, he heart. specifically slammed the car and he's like, we have bad cars on this show. Yeah. Oh, my God. All right. No, I, I hate this guy. He didn't yeah. say that. He
2: didn't say he that. He was like, these cars want to be free, but we don't let them. We drive them. We're driving oh. these cars is what he said. That's the way it's meant to be.
0: Yeah. Uh, the one quote that I will read that sort of raised my eyebrow and I expect that there was going to be some sort of email from stars being like, hey, maybe don't run this quote. Not that it's the most reactionary thing, but at the end, I did ask him about any talks for season four. Apparently, Noel Gaiman has reportedly been working with the showrunner and coming up with some ideas, so I asked him about that. Uh, And he said, I expect season four. I have no idea, but if they wait around another two years, I mean, I'm not going to be around. Thank you. Wow. (laughs) So, yeah, there you go. Interesting you said two years specifically. Well, because the the previous this season took two years, right? Like, I think that's what he was saying. Is if it's the same length of process, he's just not into it at this point. Uh. So it was interesting. Uh, Yeah, and the other thing, I mean, apropos of this exact scene that we're talking about with Peter Stormare and Crispin Glover, apparently they wanted to shorten it down, and he, as a producer, was like, "No, you got three of us in a room." Keep it the right length. Have us do what we want to do. Come on. What are you doing here?
2: Well, so, and I will say I, I get I get why the show is like, uh, we're just going to keep this short because like, not much really happened in that scene. Right. Yeah. But uh, they were just like, all right, let's meet up. And they were like, nope, we're feeling pretty confident later. So the <laughs> fact that there was so much posturing and like setup to it, um, I get it. But I also get what? it was cool to see. It was a cool scene to see.
0: Exactly, yeah, yeah th- that's what I felt like I was like, oh good, they got the ball in a room That's nice, I'm happy about that And I have an interesting question
2: when it talks about like The use of real estate In this show, and this episode in particular End of last episode Shadow, big tease, going to Florida And we're like, ooh, Florida That's gonna be weird Yeah. Uh, this episode, we don't see him in Florida He just talks about How he went to Florida cold With no no flashback, just like I was in Florida. So I was like, oh, weird. Did they just cut a scene in Florida? I feel like that would make a lot of sense. as like a cold open or whatever. Um, and yet in this episode, there was so much fat in a lot of the scenes, I thought. There are the scene yeah. with Liam and Laura where they're just like literally bullshitting about like <laughs> philosophy. I was like, show me Florida. I don't need to see uh, more that leprechaun talk. That was
0: super weird, particularly yeah. when you like – you're, like you're saying – leaving off an episode with that, there is an expectation you're going to see that thing. We saw a 100%. moving poster for God's yeah. sake, but it turns out all he was doing was going down there to be like, Oh, your son's not there. The landlord, the one that I'm fucking in the hot tub, his son's not there. Okay, cool. And then headed back. And that was it, which could and have I, also been accomplished with a
3: phone call.
2: It's that, a fair <laughs> point. could have
3: been an email.
2: It could have been an email. <laughs> I you know, um, I would have loved if a lot of this stuff that he was like oh let me just do a quick um Google search to see if the clunker sunk uh, okay great and um let me just email um Chernobyl <laughs> to set up that quick meeting maybe <laughs> do a Zoom they should have done a Zoom for the big news it's yeah. not
3: just a clunker USO all right so first off don't bury the lead here what was the two someone who loves a good rant what are the two rants why not <sighs>
0: Uh, Sure, the two rants that he went on Um, I don't know if you guys watched the show Kings that he used mm. to be on Which is awesome If you've never watched it It's a retelling of the David and Goliath Bible story But set in present day America Where there's a royal family so it's a very weird concept. Yes. Very weird show. That's a it's veggie from, tale, you,
2: right? It's a veggie yeah, tale? Yeah, it's a
0: veggie tale. He plays the tomato. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's from uh, Michael Green, who yes. co-created... Did he... He co-created uh, American Gods, right? Yeah. With Brian yeah. Fuller, I think? Yeah, yeah. I believe that's um, right. So it's similarly, like, very visual, very weird. He it's also like kind of King Leary where he goes crazy and uh, spoiler, but in the the last episodes, he's doing the King Lear in the rain shouting at the sky thing. Um, So he plays the King of that. So I, I, I love that show. I asked him about that specifically because I feel like there's a little bit of a sense of his King and that arc there and what he's been doing with Wednesday. And that Mm -hmm. just led to, a rant about NBC and how they fucked over that show and all the executives got fired and they put it on at Saturday at like 10 p.m. Uh, and then it actually ended up being a two part thing because that I said, well, that's the sort of show that I feel like would have done better. On streaming versus on broadcast, which I do think is true. And you can stream it weirdly on NBC.com. So anybody mm. listening to this podcast, go check out that show. It's fantastic. But that somehow led to him ranting about Christopher Hitchens videos on YouTube and how he'll shut down religion in 10 seconds. Thankfully, he got it back on track to bring it back to American God, so it was all good, and we could go out with the interview. But there was a point in the middle of him talking there, I was like, what what do I ask him about that? He's really
2: sweating, Salvin sweat, wiping off the brow.
0: The other thing, actually, while and then we can move on from this interview, uh, but he also, without coming out and saying it, sounds like he was really not happy about the switching up Mr. Worlds.
2: Oh yes, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, anyone working
3: on the show had to be like,
0: "What? Is, what is this? What is all this? Yeah, what are you doing here?"
3: <laughs> yeah, that's funny. So, it, it was fun to see uh, Danny Dreho. and uh, you know, so totally. Well, like we talked about on the podcast, I think the two other actors who played
0: Mr. World and Miss World, respectively, were both good, but they're not. Crispin, they're not the same energy as Crispin Glover. You can't do that.
2: Yeah, I, I, it is just one of those things where you, because the sh, you it's you it takes you out of the show. Like, there's no way to really not do that unless you have some an overcomplicated. Yeah, but answer. if you think
3: about like the different arcs, like if it was all uh, Crispin Glover, it would have been cool, but it would have been creepy and Tony, like totally uh, not the same. Like the fact that we got to switch it up. Like, they put the right people at the right time for those moments. Like, it was so intimidating having Danny Trejo be in those parts and so fun having her in that technical boy world that I think uh, the other two would have made different choices with. So I I don't know. I can understand what you're saying, but at the same time, I had a lot of fun with the different acting uh, styles and characters, so I I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah.
0: I mean, I got to be honest, when I was watching – Danny Trejo, my main thought was I could
3: really go for a taco right now. I mean, I went out and got tacos after after we talked about it. So I mean,
2: Again, talking about Danny Trejo's L.A. taco <laughs> restaurant.
0: <laughs> that only a few people have an actual uh, access to. Yeah, yeah. very few. Uh, great. Uh, I'm sure there are other things about this episode that we could talk about, though.
3: Any moments that you guys want to call out? Yeah, I want to talk about the shot of the Cadillac hearse. Uh yeah, with nice the again. spear in the back was just mm-hmm. really a lot of fun. That was just that was just great. You know? So your two favorite
0: things, you an inanimate object carrying an inanimate object?
3: Yeah. Nice. It was really nice. Yeah,
2: that
3: yeah. sounds cool.
2: Uh, you've been inside for too long, perhaps. Um the- no, but I
3: mean it's a hearse that's carrying the spear that may be killing you know Odin. I mean, that's pretty awesome. And yeah. it's in the Cadillac. I mean, I, come on. Um one other
2: reason, while we're talking about killing Odin, why I think it was it is all part of Wednesday's plan when the spear is coming toward him if you watch his hands they go out to his side as if like alright, I knew this yeah. yeah, he knew, it looks like he sort of is like, I see this it's not like he was bringing his hands up or trying to get out of the way, he was opening himself up and raising his arms out uh, in a very um, accepting position, so uh Take that uh, however you will. Um, No real revelations about Cordelia. Um, She's definitely a character in the show, but we don't know what she's in. She keeps seeming important. Like she's like, hey, well, you need to be having fun. And he's like, yeah, I know. And she's like, I'm important. She like sort of talks about how her role. We don't know what it means. Yeah,
0: Um, I thought there was going to be some sort of revelation about that this episode, but
3: nope. Speaking of revelations, it turns out that uh, the Big Dipper is actually Odin's dick.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Pete, what astronomy class are you taking? Is it the Pornhub No, Well, that's what (laughs) what Wednesday said.
3: That's what Wednesday... They're at the fucking thing looking up at the stars. He's like, you guys call it the Big Dipper. I call it Odin's Wang. And I was like, holy shit. They just did that bit in the show. I mean every constellation can be a dick if you try hard enough. Oh my god. <laughs> just same as Cassiopeia, a, any,
0: very wavy dick. Yeah, penis
2: oh. Uh oh my god. any any connect the dots. Stars are just a big connect the dots and um I learned in grade school you can connect the dots in any way you want. Wow.
0: Orion's belt, sideways dick. <laughs>
2: right, I'm sorry I brought this up, guys. You did bring it up in a way where it was like
0: uh you really aiming at it. What did you think about Laura turning down sex for Liam? I know we joked about that earlier, but I like that moment. I mean, it's a kind of ridiculous growth point to point out about a character, but I appreciated it, and I think Emily Browning played it very well.
2: Yeah, it was interesting how, again, a lot of time with Laura and Liam, when it their relationship amounted to, like, no, nah, we're just sort of working together briefly. Um, <laughs> because this whole thing was like... Like, I want to feel something. If it was meant to show her growth, I'm here for it. Because I, I yeah. like I like the character and I like that she – that was a big part of her time in Purgatory was like, hey, you're not at fault for um, a lot of the things that you blame yourself for in your life. So you don't need to do these damaging things to yourself um, to deal with them. And if that was showing that she learned that lesson, then uh, I think it was great.
0: I also like that very clearly Ian Rion was talked to his agents and managers and was like, Give me a non creepy part, will that be okay? Yeah. Just yeah. like a very romantic leprechaun or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. And but there those are was... hard to get. Romantic leprechaun <laughs> roles? Very <laughs> yes. rare. Well yeah. I think it's also Liam the Lucky from Lucky Charms.
3: Yep, and huge, that's pretty much it. Huge
2: romantic lead. Uh,
3: yeah, in... I think it's I think it's nice when two characters can like just kind of do the right thing and not have it be for sex or whatever. You know what I mean? I thought it was nice. I agree. It showed her growth, but also on his part to be like, I'm doing this for the right reasons. I'm not going to fuck you over and I'm not going to like steal the coin and like run away and leave you high and dry. So I, I, I like the fact that like, these are two people kind of dealing with morals, dealing with the right thing. And I thought it was, uh, I thought it was nice.
2: I agree. Yep. But it's especially, I don't know if you're into following following um, this scandal, but the, the lucky from Lucky Charms actually ended up hooking, they, hooking up with the Honey Nut Cheerios bee. So, yeah. the end of that
0: romantic comedy, and it was pretty intense. Yeah, oh, Lucky put up this gross tweet saying, "I just gave her a honey of an O." Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> I was like, <laughs> <You're> "Whoa!" Just, <laughs> well, delete no. your account, buddy. Yeah, delete Come your on. account.
2: cereal brand TMI. And let's just remember, Pete made us say this, because he brought up all that star (laughs) penis stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Any final notes,
0: any other things for the episode that you guys want to mention before we start to wrap up here?
2: Shadow and the landlord, their relationship, um, she's on her way out. He's like, I'll go anywhere with you. Yet, he had a dream where she drowned him. Yeah. Right? Yeah. What's what's up with that? Hey, sometimes...
3: You just uh, got to keep it purple, man. All right? Just keep, keep it purple. Keep it purple? Yeah, that's what she says to him. She was like, here, you can take my Thunderbird. Just keep it purple, man. Keep it purple.
2: Okay. All right. It was a car I, think, I think she met the guard specifically. I don't think she was speaking <laughs> metaphorically there.
3: No, she was like, jump in the water and keep it purple, man. That's what she was saying. Like, That's what I like about you, gentlemen. You're not afraid to jump in that ice water and keep it purple. You
2: know, first off, keep it purple is a great catchphrase for you. And it's also, there's a lot of weird things being said on this podcast right now, sexual things. That's the most weird and the most sexual. (laughs) <laughs> and you're saying it, Pete, you uh, oh keep it perfect. What I got for the I hot
0: tub moment is I think it's less about Landlord and it's more about the town. What he was getting there is exactly what Hinselman tells him afterwards, that everybody in the town knows about this. Of course, they can figure out that kids are dying or disappearing every couple of years, but they choose to mm. ignore it because they're happy. Uh, and that... I think he was putting those things together in his mind, in his dream. It's mm. not specifically about Marguerite, though. Th- that's exactly what she tells him afterwards, is that she kind of just assumed, I think it was her own son, right? Yeah. Left yeah. and just didn't bother to contact him. Oh, and that's part of weird. the horrible magic of this town. So the it's th- not about her drowning Shadow Moon so much as he is in a tub at the time and he realizes that the town will kill him if he gives it enough time.
3: But the the song playing in the background was hilarious. What was what the song? song? Tab Thumping the, by Chembe Wumba? <laughs> <laughs> it was uh Purple God Rain. No, Nigel. it was it was <laughs> like the song was changing to what was going on. It started all like soft or whatever nah. and it was like you're going to die. It was like mm-hmm. the lyrics were I really funny and well timed. Good stuff. Before we wrap up here, who is worthy of your worship this episode, Pete? who are you wow. worshiping wow um you know i got to i got to give it up for uh, shadow moon the moon shadow the, for the fact that like Uh, He finally stopped all the deaths of those cars that went underneath (laughs) the water and the ice. And uh, it's just, I'm glad it finally stops. This is my favorite episode because, like, they set that up and then walked away, and it's been killing me ever since. So I'm glad we got that closure because Mm -hmm. killing cars like this shouldn't happen anywhere in no town. I just have,
2: like, nine follow-up questions real quick, Pete. Um, How (laughs) do you know when a car is dead? Is it just out of gas? A car
3: is not dead if it's out of gas. Yeah. When is a car dead? What are you doing to cars when they're out when of gas? Is, you when just is a car like a writing them? desk?
2: <laughs> oh, that's what the uh, the driver's ed teacher, <laughs> the joke the driver's ed teacher would say. Yeah, um, not a good joke. <laughs> when the car, a car is dead, when what? It's um, It has to be fully immersed in in water? <laughs> what? Oh, what you... you could. You keep talking about cars being dead as like a real tragedy. I'm just trying to get a handle on uh when 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 you when it goes down like that.
3: Well, it's just the fact that these people are giving up on these cars and okay with the fact that they're just drowning these cars off this coastline. I mean, first off, that's not good for the poor fish and stuff that's got to live in this water. But like, you know, the fact well, that, you know, it's go. just a, fish. a horrible way to <laughs> treat... <laughs> Tree cars, man.
0: I'm gonna go over to Justin now for <laughs> who he's worshiping this episode. Justin, who are you it's worshiping a this l- literal episode? Literal
2: rabbit hole. We just ran down. Um, <laughs> I don't know what was going on there. Um, a uh, what's a car called Rabbit? Like a Honda Rabbit hole. We just went down. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the um, that's what
0: Pete likes to stick the gear shift up. Yeah, <laughs>
1: the Honda what? Rabbit
0: hole.
2: Oh boy. <laughs> um, I'm going to give it up for It was great to see Chernabog Honestly the character I was the most excited about yeah. seeing Was uh, Chernabog here I love uh, Peter Stormare coming in He's just so funny The way that he both Doesn't really like Wednesday Is sort of bored by everything But also is still the heavy And he still comes through Or tries to come through right at the end To protect uh, Wednesday from from Laura It was great, great to see him
0: uh, I'm gonna give it out, uh, give it up to Mr. Wednesday. This episode, my boy Ian McShane. Here I'd love we to go. call him. I'd love to jump on the phone McShay with him any time. McShane. No, I really, uh actually have liked what Mr. Wednesday has been doing in this season, and it's been a different mode for him. And I liked it in this episode. You know, I think pretty obviously it is not an end here. There is going to be more of Mr. Wednesday that we're going to see going to the finale. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how that all turns out and how that plays because it is. Otherwise, a very definitive ending here. So that should be cool to check out. And folks, that is it for this week's episode of American Godcast. If you'd like to support us, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast and YouTube. Come hang out. We will chat with you about American Gods, iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, follow and listen to the show on iTunes. Leave us a rating and a comment. We love those. I love it. So good. At a Godcast on Twitter, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and more. Until next time, keep it purple. Keep it purple.